I don't know about you, but I cannot wait for basketball season, you know, the NBA regular season, because of DraftKings. DraftKings is a sponsor for the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. You guys know how much me, Jonathan Hood, loves basketball, but I can also bet on college football, the NFL, Major League Baseball playoffs. How about the sky against the Mercury in the WNBA finals? And, of course, the NBA season. Right now, I can bet on preseason games if I chose to, or go right to the regular season and start putting wagers down on an exciting opening night for the NBA. Hey, you're a Chicago Bulls fan? Check out the win totals. How many wins will the Bulls have? And also, the Bulls in their opening night, how will they win the game? Will they lose the game? How will the season fare for the Bulls and other teams that you root for in the NBA? Check it out at DraftKings. DraftKings and Casino Queen Sportsbook is good to me, good to this podcast, and so I want you to be good to them. I never, ever represent myself and say, hey, I'm going to go for this product and promote this product unless I really believe in it. DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Download the app now, put some money down, and get ready for an exciting NBA season. The Under the Hood Basketball Podcast starts right now. What's up, everybody, and welcome into the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. I'm Jonathan Hood, part of Cap and J Hood mornings between 7 and 10 a.m. Central Time on ESPN 1000, also the ESPN Chicago app. Saying what's up to you guys listening on Spotify as well. If you download this podcast and subscribe to the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast, that means you never miss an episode that's on Spotify. So if you are a Spotify listener, whether it's music or podcast, go to the Underhood Basketball Podcast, subscribe, and you'll never miss an episode. Some things that we do on this podcast, you may not get on the Captain J Hood feed. So I tell you to check out Spotify and look for the Underhood Basketball Podcast with me, Jonathan Hood. I am so excited about the upcoming NBA season. We see some preseason games here and there that I dip into every now and then, but the NBA regular season right around the corner. It's happening in mid-October this year. It's going real fast. So we will talk to our guy Andre Snellings from ESPN.com. He's great with fantasy. He's also great as far as an analyst for ESPN uh, Radio and ESPN.com. We'll get his thoughts about the Bulls and his outlook for the Bulls, the likes and dislikes of the team, and also we'll talk about the Bulls against the East. Are the Bulls a playoff team? We're going to talk to Andre about that. Also, one of my favorite columns of the year, the GM survey. I love the GM survey. It's always on NBA.com. I hope that you follow along on NBA.com, by the way, was we go through some of the questions. So the NBA asked general managers, all of them around the league, their questions. They ask questions like um, the MVP for this season, and they all vote. Same thing with the uh, 
starting a franchise today, a breakout season, the best player acquisition, ask a plethora of questions to NBA GMs around the league, and it's, it's done anonymously, of course. And so I want to ask Andre, did the GMs get some of this stuff right? And uh, we'll go through it as well. Again, that's always a fun column for me. So sit back and relax. We'll talk about the Bulls, and we'll go around the NBA on another edition of the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. And there he is, a frequent guest on the Under the Hood Show. It is Andre Snellings with us from ESPN.com. Follow him on Twitter at Professor DRZ. And he joins me here on Under the Hood, brought to you by DraftKings. Dre, as always, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on a number of things. First, uh, here at the crib in Chicago with the Bulls' outlook. Uh, I think it surprised a lot of people, Dre, about uh, the way that the Bulls are going about their business. Uh, when you have been you know, locked in with the Kraus era and then John Paxson and then Gar Foreman and, and John Paxson, it's just a, a difference. And I think that Bulls fans are just surprised at how many sweeping changes that we've seen in the organization and looking competent. So what is your outlook and your likes and dislikes about this year's Bulls team? Yeah, the, the Bulls went for it this offseason. You know, um, I've been on, on, like you said, I've been on this show a few times talking about the Bulls. And I remember when we were talking about could Zach Levine be the, the solo superstar on, on a team? Like, could he be the number one or did, did he need, need help? And then later in the year, they brought in Vucevic and we were like, okay, well, now there's two all stars kind of leading the way. And so now that they brought in Ball and DeRozan, they legitimately have four quality players to lead the way. Um, so, so that that that's an exciting move. On the other hand, the question is because because they swung for the fences, right? Like they used all their money, they used all their, their their chips, and so is this foursome enough for them to truly contend in the East? I'm not sure. I believe that they can compete with the 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 Bucks or you know the the, the Nets at, for the top of the East. But I do think that they could challenge for a home court advantage slot in the playoffs if everything breaks their way. It's not guaranteed, but I think they have a shot at it. And so when you come from kind of the poor purgatory of where you guys have been the last however long to having a, a chance to, to at least fight your way up onto the mountain – I think you got to take that. Uh, I'm wondering about uh, Patrick Williams. Again, he's just 19 or 20 years old. He will not start the season. And and I guess my only issue, Dre, is that the team seems a little small to me. Uh, but I know Patrick Williams showed some signs last year. So what do you think about just their size and their overall you know, depth chart? Because outside of Vucevic, there's really no true big that can really make a difference for the team. Yeah, but you kind of feel like that might be um... – you know, today's NBA, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, they have a true center in Vucevic, but outside of that, you really want to have that versatility. You want to have those hybrid players, those three fours, those four fives that, that, that can operate, you know, inside and out or, or operate as the big men out there without giving up too much in the paint. So, um, you know, I, I think that if Patrick Williams develops into what they want him to be, that, that he'll be a key piece on this team because they, they have all these players, but of outside of maybe ball, the others are all offensive players, not defensive. So if, if Patrick can come in and, and be that defensive presence, then yeah, that, um, 
that that's something that the team needs and they'll really need it if they do want to take that step forward to really competing. Uh, what are the Bulls getting in DeMar DeRozan? Uh, a professional scorer, but a professional scorer that seems to be learning how to, um, to distribute the ball. Like last year, really the last few years, he's been um, showing off that he's he's learned how to pass. But last year in particular, he was the de facto point guard a lot of times for the Spurs. So I think that's going to be as important, if not more so, than his scoring because – now he's out there with a, a team full of guys that could go get 20, 25 a game, uh, having the passing that allows them to all be able to thrive at the same time. I think that's going to be a big part of what he brings to the table. So I have you down for the Bulls being a playoff team in the, like the lower half of the Bulls uh, of, of the Eastern Conference. You feel like a 7-8 seed possibly? I think it's possible. Now, it, it's interesting because the East is always thought of as the shallow conference. Yeah. But this year, I think there are about 10 or 11 teams that all could enter the season feeling like they have a legitimate chance to make the playoffs. I think the Bulls are one of them. I think the Bulls are probably better than some. But then you have teams like the Pacers, um, maybe the Raptors could bounce back. That, that you, you kind of have to keep, take a, uh, keep an eye on is also trying to come up the same way that the Bulls did. So I think they have a shot, though. I think they have it in them to get there, and we'll see whether they can mesh and really, honestly, play enough defense to to go with what should be a a really fun offense. One of my favorite columns, Dre, every year is the GM survey. Because the GMs don't want to put their name on it, but they don't mind participating every year. I always think it's fun, right? So I want let me do this exercise with you. I want to I want to go through some of these questions, and they, we're going to play the game. Did the GMs get it right? Okay. Can we do that? Okay. Let's do it. All right. So so there might be some GMs that'll be mad at you after your answers, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> but some will love me. You know. So all You're right. Be loved way more than you hate it. So you go to NBA.com and follow along with Andre and I as we go through this GM survey. Okay, so the first question, and again, I'm just asking you whether or not you feel the GM the GMs got it right. So the first question is, which team will win the 2022 NBA Finals? 72% of GMs said the Nets. 17% said the Lakers. 10% said the Bucks. Uh, and so that is the way it goes. Last year, 81% had the Lakers, and of course, that didn't work well. Did the GMs get this right? 72% Nets. I say no. I say they got it wrong. Um, I was was leaned hard into that position last season um, when, when, especially on the air, I took some pummelings about picking the Bucks to, to be the team that was going to go all the way instead of the Nets. Mm-hmm. When the Nets were up two to nothing, Max Kellerman just had me on and just gave me the business. Wow. You know, he, he blew up my Twitter mentions by 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 bringing it up on Twitter, and and so uh, I I personally was very relieved that the Bucks came back because otherwise I would have never lived that down. <laughs> yeah, but, that's, that's right. <laughs> but I still feel the same way this year, though. Um, I think that the Nets are dangerous if everyone is healthy and all is working. I am not convinced that we're going to see that team all that often. Um, I, I have hopes, especially for Durant and, and Harden, that we get to see them at max health and doing their thing. I don't know what to expect from Kyrie. Now you have Steve Nash just acknowledging that they're not going to have him for half the games. 
you know, it, it just seems like it's too much to me. And so I think that Harden and Durant are good enough to lead a team to a championship. But I also think that the Bucks are a lot more special than people realize. And last season, part of their getting over the hump was just that nervousness of trying to get out of their own way and learning their roles. And, and you know, DiVincenzo's injury, I think, was bigger than people realized because it, it made the team too interior dominated and it made Giannis have to be that do everything bring it from the perimeter guy for a while and and so so I think they've learned who they are and and so I think they're still the team to beat in the NBA as a whole and then I would put the Nets and the Lakers both on that next tier of extremely dangerous challengers but um I I don't have the Nets as the runaway winner so let me just before I ask you the next question the Kyrie Irving scenario of him just playing road games, like, okay, so I don't expect Sean Marks to do anything because he didn't have the testicular fortitude to do anything, clearly. I mean, Kyrie could just just leave when he wants to, come back when he wants to. I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean clearly he doesn't want to do that, right? So I don't expect Sean Marks to do anything. I don't expect Steve Nash to do anything. But if you're KD, don't you have a word? Don't you say something like out of the all, all, out of the main three? We've seen James Harden ghost, right? I don't want to play right. with Houston anymore. Okay, we've seen Kyrie do this. And also, ghost, just leave the team, doesn't say anything. Hey, man, we all had feelings about George Floyd. We all have feelings about what's going on uh, in the streets. But you just don't just ghost. You say, I got some issues I need to handle. Let the Nets know. That was never the case. So I don't expect those guys to do anything. But KD, that's who I'm looking at saying, hey, man, we're trying to win this championship here. I came here because I want to work with you, play with you, and now you're only going to do road games. Don't you think KD should step up and say something publicly? Yeah, I mean, so that, that that's the hard part. Like, you added that publicly there at the end. I think that in a perfect world that you would like to see that, but I, I think of the relationship that they have and the – personalities that they have and Kyrie's Kyrie is exactly on brand right Right. like what what he's done this year if if you didn't put a name to it and you just said a player in the NBA is going to do X I think the GM poll would 98% pick Kyrie as, 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 as the guy that would play the role he's playing the thing is is Kevin Durant is also in some ways on brand to not publicly call Kyrie out. That's not who he is. You know, that's not the type of leader that he is. And the fact that he and Kyrie came in together as peers, I think that I would hope that he's in Kyrie's ear off camera. You know, I would hope that he's like, dog, you know, I I, I see where you're at. I understand you. You know, you know, you're my man, but we're trying to do this together. Like I'm, I'm out here with you. James is out here with you. I would hope that he's having those conversations with him. I don't care if he does it on camera. That's not, that's not who he is. That's not who they are. And honestly, I don't know that that would even help because the public opinion is where both of them shy away the most. They don't like to, to get the public involved. So I say, all right, do it, do it yourself. Go off solo, you know, chop it up, hash it out, whatever y'all got to do. And, and then get back on the same page so your man ain't going to miss 50 games off rip before the season even starts. Yeah, it just – it's a long conversation. I just don't – I don't want to get us stuck here, but it's just kind of like, dude, are you here to win a championship or not? Like you – imagine you could actually uh, – 
provide social change or dialogue and play basketball. You actually do both. You yeah. actually could do both, but you know, <laughs> walk and chew gum together. It's just simultaneously, dude. It, that is an undefeated, uh, you know, conversation. <laughs> that that should be, <laughs> man. Oh man, I mean that that should be a roundtable, long form discussion, um, mm-hmm. host, ho- hosted by someone a lot more intelligent than me. A shout, out, <laughs> shout, shout out to Malika Andrews. All right, so now we go to. Uh, did the GM Malika is everywhere, and I'm here for it. Oh, I'm so happy for her success i'm so happy for her she was covering the bulls for a year or two got a chance to know her and uh now doing big things in the company i'm very happy for her exactly Um, did the gms get it right um so the mvp uh so gm said that kevin durant is going to be the mvp 37 percent said durant will be mvp 33 percent said luka Doncic. 13% 13% said Giannis, 7% said either Embiid or Harden, 3% said Steph Curry. Last year, 32% said Giannis. So with Durant getting 37% of the vote, did the GMs get it right? Again, I would say no. Um, I think that, that he and Harden will both have to carry a heavier load with, uh, with, with Kyrie potentially missing so much time. But Durant is still not that far removed from what used to be a catastrophic injury. Right. And the man is amazing. Like, watching him play, watching him move, he looks like he was never hurt. But he only played 40-something games last year. And, I, you know, th- there's a reason for that, you know. And he, he had some injuries, and that's why he was out. But his this thing needs to still be managed. And so I'm just seeing too much likelihood, in my opinion, that um, – James Harden is going to be carrying the load, like publicly carrying the load in a way that that takes away from Durant's MVP status, especially if he misses 20 games. Um, so I don't if, if of the two, I would say Harden is more likely to, than, than Durant, in my opinion, to end up being the MVP this year. Um, I could see Giannis. So I, I, I kind of feel like the Bucks this year might be like the 2016 Warriors were. You know, right. where they, they got their, their championship and they just came in and like, well, I'm going to win 70 games and then just kind of like relax and ball out. Now, the Warriors didn't win the championship, so maybe there's a, <laughs> a lesson to be learned there. But I, I, I do think that that he may be more likely than Durant as well. And I mean, Jokic, he might go back to back because he's still going to have to put up those numbers with Jamal Murray out. And so we've seen him do it before. And, and also, don't forget your man, Luca. Um, Luca was everyone's dark horse last season to be the MVP, and then he had such a slow start. But uh, I, I saw on Twitter the other day somebody had a picture of Luca last season, last year at this time, and Luca this year. And last year, you know, he had like the baby fat cheeks and right. the floppy hair, and and this season he came in chiseled. And people were like, "Oh, the league's in trouble." You know, I, I could see Luca really coming in and, and and trying to make his case to to be MVP in year three. I would say that the Dallas Mavericks have to have somewhat somewhat of a deep playoff run or get to the finals for him to be the MVP. Yo, it's, it's so here's what's interesting about this poll. So you're not gonna put Jokic on there. Nobody voted for Jokic for MVP. Nobody. That's crazy. See, so so what does that say? So you and I are in lockstep two in a row. It's not Durant as MVP, um, but I'm leaning a little bit actually toward Giannis or off the board. Of, of what I see here, because to to me Dallas still is is in need 
of another year of seasoning and maybe an addition or two in free agency to solidify their team. So I don't see Doncic in that spot. I know the league is pushing for that. I know those close to the league, they want to see Doncic in that light, but not yet. Uh, so I would not have Durant and I would not have the Nets. So you and I are two for two right now. That's what's up. <laughs> um, go to manscaped.com, get 20% off, use my promo code HOOD. Again, manscaped.com, 20% off, use the promo code HOOD. You know you need some help down there, guys, for the best in men's grooming. Check out manscaped.com, promo code HOOD. Okay, so if you are starting a <laughs> franchise today and can sign any player in the NBA, what would it be? Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. I'm still stuck on you. know you need some help down there. I didn't even hear what you said. <laughs> <laughs> I said manscaped.com, promo code hood, get 20% off. That's what I said. All right. That's what's up. I'm just paying bills. Uh, Make and, that money, dog. Hey, 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 people need some help. You know us guys need some help down there. Andre <laughs> yep, for sure. You know they no need some help. Detected. Yeah, I mean, make, you know, you draw, draw yourself a T or a J or an A, whatever you want to draw down there. <laughs> but this is why we got manscaped.com. <laughs> we use the promo code hood, get 20% off. All right. If you're starting a franchise today, it could sign any player in the NBA. Who would it be? 43% says Luka Doncic. Again, the push for Doncic, okay? Giannis, 40%. Also receiving votes, Anthony Davis. That's funny. Kevin Durant, LeBron James, uh, Nikola Jokic, Zion Williamson. Last year, Giannis and Luka were tied at 43%. So, Andre Snellings, if you were starting a franchise today, would you go at Luka, who got 43% of the vote? I would not. I, I would go Giannis hands down. I, I don't even have to like think twice about it. Mm-hmm. it it's interesting to me um, because there's some great players in the NBA, but the conversation when players talk about the best in the in the league almost never seriously involves Giannis. It, it, at least you know in the public sphere, um, it, it's Kevin Durant. Um, has he surpassed LeBron? You, you might give some lip service to Giannis, but it's almost like they skate right past him. And I'm like, not only to me has he been, you know, been the best player, the most dominant player in the league for the last few years, but my man is putting together like a historic resume on a level that, I mean, if you took Giannis, what is he, 26 now? Yeah. Take his resume and stack it up to where LeBron was at 26, stack it up to where Jordan was at 26. He is like, it getting into these historic levels. And so I, it really trips me out that it, it seems so hard for for people to admit that uh, he might just be the best player in the league. It, this, this poll is telling me a lot about how GMs look at the league. There is a disbelief in Giannis. There is this push for Luka and this disbelief in, like, Jokic. I don't understand this. Like, all this chalk, right? I, listen, there's more than just one great player in this league, but maybe that's just me. Okay, this is this is tailor-made for you as a fantasy right. guy. This is perfect for you because you can uh, read Andre Snellings on ESPN.com. There's always great fantasy stuff. You're going to be working with Stefania Bell on injuries uh, when oh, yeah. it comes on ESPN.com, correct? Yep, yep. That article will be coming out this week. We're going to look at some of the players coming off major injuries. There's a few coming off ACL injuries this year. And we're just going to give kind of a prognosis on when they might be expected back on the court and what you might expect from them once they get there. All right, Andre, this is tailor-made for you. Which player is most likely to have a breakout season? 
Which players most likely have a breakout season? 17% of GMs said Jaron Jackson Jr. from Memphis. I just got through watching Memphis's preseason game. I just got through oh, watching yeah. them. Uh, Anthony Edwards from Minnesota, 13%. Michael Porter Jr., who just got the bag? What? Yeah. Uh, that that back feels better, doesn't it? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good big game right there. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Porter Jr. from Denver at 10%. Darius Garland from Cleveland, 7%. Tied with uh, Keldon Johnson from San Antonio. Uh, Jean Morant got 7%. Kevin Porter Jr. from Houston got 7%. Also receiving votes, DeAndre Ayton, LaMelo Ball, Lonzo Ball, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, DeAndre Hunter, Karis LeVert, wait a minute. How are you gonna do that broke? He, he's he's not he's not healthy. Um yeah. Terrence Mann, Carl Anthony Towns, Zion Williamson, Devin Vassell. Okay, so seventeen percent say Jaron Jackson Jr. the most likely have a breakout season. Do you agree? So it's interesting. You read that whole list. I, I agree that Jaron Jackson could have a breakout um in the sense that if he can stay healthy, he's 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 flashed enough times that I could see him really taking a step forward. A lot of the guys on that list, in my opinion, already broke out. You know, like there's there's dudes on there that that have already had. So you said like Zion Williamson, right? You know, Carl Anthony Towns, and you know, you mentioned Michael Porter Jr. Just, I mean, I'm sorry, yeah, Porter Jr. Just got that bag. Yeah, Um, he got that bag because he broke out already. You know, so (laughs) I don't know if I would consider those guys. but um, I do think Jaron Jackson could break out. My own personal favorite this year for for a breakout guy is going off the board. Um, it's this cat, Nikhil Alexander-Walker with the Pelicans. Yes. I, I watched yes. that dude at the Summer League, what was it, two, three years ago now? The year that Zion came out. They was in the same draft class. And in the very first game, Zion came out and uh, – <laughs> He had a huge game, and then there was an earthquake. And so the joke was that, you know, he came in and, and shook the earth. But, like, after Zion stopped playing, because he only played in that one game, the Pelicans team had Nikhil, you know, Alexander Walker, and it had um, uh, Jackson Hayes. And they were still an exciting team. And I was watching them, and I was like, this Alexander Walker cat can play. To the point that I actually went, because it was in Vegas, I went and put a few bucks on um, on on him as a potential rookie of the year cat. Just in case, you know, um, he, he got some playing time. And he didn't as a rookie. But last year as a sophomore, the first time they put that man in the game, he went like 35 and 8. And I think he started maybe 15 games last year, and he had like three or four 30-point games and then like another few, couple of 20-plus point games. I think that dude, now that he's in the starting backcourt, I think he's going to make some noise this year. Uh, I was talking to Joel Myers, the vo- the veteran voice of the Pelicans. I said, you know, Alonzo Ball is leaving. Well, you know, what are you going to do in that spot? He goes, I love Walker. Oh, my. I love oh, him. Yeah. <laughs> he, I love him, Jonathan. I think he's tremendous. I said, okay. He, 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 I love the impression. Oh, yeah, like Joel. You know, he's smooth, man. You know, oh, yeah. oh, Joel, he had a couple of wines. You know, he was just chilling with me. He, he just because when Lonzo, when Lonzo went to the Bulls, he's just like, I need a couple of wines before I talk to you. <laughs> I said, it's not that bad, man. You still got Zion. He goes, well, okay, well, I love Walker. So, um, so yeah, he does a great job. That's, that's a guilty pleasure on the NBA package when I watch the Pelicans and watch uh, Antonio Daniels and Joel Myers. That's, it's always fun. 
No um, doubt, AD. So um, let me ask you about this. I love some of these these multiple names because this this goes right into your wheelhouse with fantasy names and what we can look for. So this is this gives great insight. Okay, I'm skipping down a few. I'm going to go to this one. So, Andre, what was the most underrated player acquisition? The most underrated player acquisition. Here's what GM said. 28% of GM said Larry Nance going to Portland. 17% said Patty Mills going to Brooklyn. 14% said Spencer Dinwiddie to Washington. Lonzo Ball to Chicago. Yeah, 10%. Kemba Walker going to the Knicks at 7%. Also receiving votes, Alex Caruso, DeMar DeRozan, both going to Chicago. Andre Drummond to Philadelphia, Devontae Graham to New Orleans, Jeff Green to Denver, Dennis Schroeder from to going to Boston, and uh, Jonas Valanciunas going to the Pelicans. Yeah, I like I like those point guard acquisitions that you you went through in the middle. I, I like Ball to Chicago mm-hmm. because I think that as I kind of talked about a little bit earlier with DeRozan, in order for this show to work, you need a ringleader, and you know. I'm already tuning in the league pass for all of the the alley-oops and dunks and the highlight reel stuff. But more than that, just keeping the engine moving. Like It's it's not necessarily easy to have three 20-plus per game scorers on one team. And so if if Ball is able to to step in and really be the the floor general while playing at kind of an all-star level for for, for this team, I think that's huge. Um, I like Kimba Walker to the Knicks. I think that if he can stay healthy – the, the the Knicks team last year, they were the four seed in part. Be, I mean, you know, you, you had experience with Tibbs. It's like they just played harder than everybody else. Yes. You know, and, and so when they got to the first round of the playoffs, I part of the reason that, that it was so easy for me to pick the Hawks to beat them was just that I didn't feel like they had enough perimeter talent to really compete with the, the, the better teams in the East. Their offensive playmaker was was Randall, and I thought that they needed more on the perimeter. And so if Kimba can stay healthy, I think he can give them that balance, and I think that's a big thing. Um, and then also, Dinwiddie, I, I like Dinwiddie going to the Wizards, but I'm not sure that it, it'll matter as much on the NBA landscape because I don't think that Wizards team is going to compete for really even the playoffs, let, let alone uh, contending. But as a, a as you've mentioned, as, as a fantasy basketball analyst, um, I think Dinwiddie in Washington could be a gold mine. So that that's one that I'll be keeping an eye on. Okay, this is not a question. I just want to trip. I want to trip out with you on this. I saw this. I'm not. <laughs> Who is the best international player not in the NBA? Fifty three percent of GM said Nikola Mirotic. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, <laughs> so, I'm like, yeah. I mean, before he got hit in the grill by Bobby Portis, I mean, he was all world. Oh my goodness! I, I was I was telling my wife that story last year in the playoffs. You know, while, while you know, because the Bucks were were on a lot, and um, I was trying to explain, you know, this cat with the wild eyes. You know, that 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 uh, he had made his mark on on some of his teammates to the point where one had left the NBA, and. Uh, yeah, that that that's that. I mean, I don't know the, the movie Harlem Nights, and I don't even know if I can quote this line because it's it's, it's kind of iffy. But I just think about Red Fox talking about you know sunshine and how mean something has to be to make a, a person change religions. And I'm like, you know how hard you have to punch somebody to make them leave the guaranteed like eight figure salary of the NBA like that. That had to be a hell of a five punch. 
<laughs> I mean, so hard they touch you. I mean, not on, on the other side of town, not in out of state, out of the country. Right. Dude. Another continent. He like, <laughs> he like I'm, I'm leaving the time zone. Bobby, if I interview Bobby Portis, I will ask him that. Like, man, how how hard was it? Man? <laughs> how hard did you punch that dude, man, to make him go to a different continent? I will ask. Him yeah, that. yeah, that 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 that's crazy. That's, I mean, you know, we just had the heavyweight fight with uh, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, yeah. but I don't think neither one of them dudes was hitting like that. Cause no, they ain't sending nobody overseas. Man, that's crazy. Okay, I got one more for you, and that's about coaching. All right, let me get to this. Um, so GMs were asked, who is the best head coach in the NBA? 55% of GMs that were polled on NBA.com say Eric Spolstra. 17% says Monty Williams. 14% says Quinn Snyder of Utah. 10% says Greg Popovich. 3% say Mike Budenhoser. Last year, Spolster got 46% of the vote. Did GMs get this right? I really respect Spolster as a coach. Um, I think he has an argument to be the best coach in the league. Um, I mean, I, I'm i not going to lie. I, I don't know how straight up I'm supposed to be. This is a public venue. But yes. you named five coaches and only one of them was African-American. Right. But as I recall, in the final four, three of them were African-American. And really four of the last five because when, when those last two were – where we're battling, they were both African American well, coaches. Well, so. here's, well, here's what's tripped out about it. So, in the same in the same survey, which head coach makes the best in game adjustments? Ty Lue got thirty seven percent of the vote. That was number one. So he's mm-hmm. so he's not top five head coach in the NBA. If he can make in game adjustments, which it, in which we've heard LeBron say this multiple times when they work together, right? Like, oh, yeah. Ty's good. I mean, he really he drew up a great play. Blah blah blah. So he can't be in the top five of best head coach in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, because we already know that that he's great at the other aspects of coaching. You know, like players love to play for him. You know, you always hear them making statements about how much they love him as their coach. And so if you can motivate and, 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 and bring in player love like that, and then, oh, yeah, by the way, you're also the best in the league, arguably, at in-game adjustments, it's hard to see how you could not even be in the survey. You know, you're entirely off the board. So... I mean, I, I think that all of the coaches on there uh, have, you know, have good reason to be on there. You know, you mentioned Pop. Obviously, the Spurs aren't what they used to be, but, you know, Pop could arguably be the best coach of all time. I mean, he, he's in that discussion. So I wouldn't, you know, take anything away from any of those guys. But I would say I would like to see others on that list, including Ty Lue. Dre, last question I have for you, and I appreciate your time. I just want to get your thoughts about what's going on out west with the Lakers. Uh, they're going to be polarizing. We'll see what's happening with the Nets and how that how that all falls out. We'll see if the Bucks can repeat. But everyone's watching Los Angeles as well to see how these old heads are going to get together. This this is a real microcosm or a, a great explanation of when a player is putting a team together. That's exactly what we're seeing here. Like all of yeah. like LeBron's boys are coming together. Like Michael couldn't get that done. Michael Michael wanted to have his buddies in the back of the plane playing cards, and Jerry Krause was like, no, you can't have your friends on the team. Sorry, like you can't have you know Rod Strickland. You can't have you know certain players. I'll I'll give you Jack Haley, and you'll like it. You know, so 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 this whole thing with the Lakers just feels like LeBron is orchestrating all of this. So, what do you think of all these old heads, including Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony, on this team? Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. I mean, it might be a bit of a stretch, but while you were describing that that, that question, 
it brought to mind we, we were talking off the air about you know this, this new wu-tang show uh about the wu-tang clan and how they came together yeah and you know it's like 30 of them jokers in there. i mean you know what i'm saying like <laughs> it, I, i've never seen a rap group with that many people in it and that's kind of how i feel about these lakers they're they're like normally when you hear someone talk about trying to put together a quote-unquote super team it'll be like two or three um all-stars or sometimes you'd like the lakers of 2004 you'll talk about putting together a super team with players past their prime and it'll still be just like a few of them this lakers squad got like seven hall of famers on it you know um of course they're all long in the tooth but i just i I feel like it could work because i think that lebron understands the da vinci code of the nba being a marathon and because it's a marathon, you don't necessarily have to be on 10 for all 82 games in order to have a team with success. You do if you have the, the talent like the Knicks had. Like Tibbs is great at getting lesser talent to be on 10 for, for six months. And then they, they, they might, you know, burn out or at least reach their level for the postseason. Whereas the Lakers, with all of this older talent, my, 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 one of my dad's best friends, uh, Keel, he would, you know, it's an expression. I'm sure he didn't come up with it, but he would always say, like, I'm not the man that I once was, but I'm all the man once that I ever was. Well, <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, you got all these older guys that maybe they alternate. Maybe, you know, maybe on Monday it's uh, LeBron and, and uh, you know, Anthony Davis, or no, say LeBron and Carmelo Anthony. Right. And then on, on Wednesday it's going to be Russell Westbrook and, you know, dust off Dwight Howard or you know what I'm saying like you have all of these guys that can kind of almost take turns being the 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 impact player on a given night and then you've got a few young cats that are just going to be there every game you know trying to to make their own mark and I feel like the 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 hardest part is going to be coordinating it but to where you started the question because it's LeBron centric because he's kind of the leader and he brought his people together I have to feel like he'll be able to orchestrate this in a way that, that you know, that you, you shouldn't get these, you know, head-butting battles. Especially in cases like Melo, who really would do anything to get a championship at this point. It seems like everyone will be down to play their part and that they have enough talent, especially with all of the injuries out West. Um, you know, I think the, the, the Lakers have a, a, a really good shot of being the last team standing. This reminds me of the B-movie Wild Hogs. This Lakers oh, yeah. team. Oh, yeah. John Travolta, Martin Lawrence, William H. Macy, um, Tim Allen. Yeah. That's what it is. Wild like. Hogs are the expendable. <laughs> right. One last run, right, at this thing. Yeah. I mean, and Michael sitting back is like, how come I couldn't get Walter Davis and Rod Strickland? <laughs> she was begging for those guys. And he was like, nah, here, here's Will Purdue. That's yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> like you said, Krauss was like, you know. <laughs> you're going to take this and you're going to like this. Yeah. And that's part of the reason there was a the last dance. Yeah. So that's the whole deal. So, again, ESPN.com is where you go. And, Andre, I know that you're going to be working on a lot of stuff as we get close to the season. I can't wait. And the city has a little fire for the uh, for the Chicago sky. Uh, and, by the way, just as an aside, oh, yeah. the barbershop conversation. I saw the WNBA do this. Diana Taurasi named the greatest player ever in the WNBA's history. For 25 years. I saw that and I'm thinking, hmm, let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I, like, I got a Hall of Famer that plays at Wintrust named Candace Parker. So yeah. is De- De- is Tarasi 
way better than anybody else to ever play in the women's. Like I, I got to go through the list. I know she's on the top, one of the top people. I don't know if she is the tippy top, but she was named. Yeah, I mean, you know, Tarasi's got a. I mean, she's got an argument. You know, what I'm saying yeah. there, there's no way around that. Um, I personally am a big Candace Parker fan. Like, you know, I, I love her game. And I love what she's been able to do since coming home to the sky. So um, I, I, I totally respect her and would have her in any of these conversations. Me personally, the greatest woman, I think we talked about this, the greatest female basketball player I ever saw was never even in the WNBA. But Cheryl Miller had that game. Yes. And then if we're coming into the WNBA, Cheryl Swoops was just like a notch below that. So. There have been some monsters in the WNBA in their 25 years. Um, Tarasi and, 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 you know, Candace definitely deserve to, to be in that conversation. But, um, Tarasi definitely doesn't deserve to stand alone because she, she's, she's in there with some greats. Andre, as always, I appreciate our conversations, and I can't wait for the season to start. You know, I'll be calling you because we, are, as we record this, eight days away from tip-off 2021. Woo! So I cannot wait. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. 75th anniversary season's coming. Yes, sir. Big thanks, Poppy. Thanks, thanks for having me. Thank you. Always great to hear from Professor DRZ, Professor Driz, on Twitter, Andre Stanley's from ESPN.com. Great with the basketball when it comes to fantasy and, of course, just analysis. It's always good to chop it up with my guy, Andre Snellings. Okay. So a couple of news and notes here. Let's go to Steve Nash, the head coach for the Brooklyn Nets. He was on NBA radio and was talking about uh, James Harden, talking about his Nets team. The Nets favored, as far as the GMs are concerned, and in Vegas, Nets are favored to win the NBA championship. But how does that happen if Kyrie Irving's not available? Uh, it just this whole thing with him just playing road games. If that's going to be the case, that is just um, outrageous, you know, by the Nets and the NBA to allow this to happen. There has to be a happy medium. There has to be something that can occur in which Kyrie Irving can be available for as many games as possible, and not just road games. I mean, he he's he's just sitting back laughing at all this. I'm sure, just like yeah, I have my beliefs, and if you want me, I'll I'll be on the road and not at home because I can't do this in New York. That's got to change. But some thoughts here from Steve Nash talking about how James Harden really wants to win a championship. And he's been a great leader for us. He's got an extremely high IQ, um, and he cares. You know, he really wants to win a championship, and so that drives him. Um, that that shows every day in the way he approaches the game, approaches practices, approaches his teammates. So, you know, that that's a you know an exciting position to be in. You know, to have a player of his caliber that really wants to kind of you know, round out his career with a, with a championship, you know, the highly motivated yet um, has all the experience and talent you could ask for. And so if we can keep him healthy and, you know, put him in a position to continue to improve through the season individually, you know, we know what he's able to do as a playmaker and what he's able to do as a leader. And it'll just be pivotal for us, for him to be healthy and for him to continue to grow physically after, you know, pretty stop and start last year, let's say. Um, so that's the number one thing, his health, uh, maintaining it, and then getting himself in better and better condition, rhythm, shape, all those things that allow him to play at his highest level would be icing on the cake. If you recall, there was some issues between Draymond Green and Kevin Durant. Draymond Green, Kevin Durant, and Bob Myers, general manager of the Golden State Warriors. There was beef there, and there's some things that Bob Myers said 
to Draymond Green regarding him being suspended or the issues between Bob Myers trying to get in between Draymond Green and Kevin Durant. Just always issues, right? So Bob Myers talked on NBA radio about the comments made by Draymond Green uh, regarding Bob Myers, and here's what Bob Myers had to say. What was it like when you met or spoke with Draymond Green after that podcast when your role in the argument between him and Kevin Durant and Draymond Green, the one that everyone else forgot about, but they brought it back up. What was that conversation like? I haven't even talked to him about it. I haven't. Really? Yeah, yeah, I haven't. I will. I, I don't I don't get it's like if I know Brian really I know this guy really well. Let's say he said something about me to you. I, I really wouldn't like my relationship with him is so much beyond that. And if it really bothered me, I would. But I know Draymond, I drafted. He's like my first draft. I sat with him um, when he got suspended for the finals over in Oakland. I didn't go to the game. I sat with him at the Oakland A's game. Um, I love that guy. Like, it's going to take a lot more than that. And he's allowed to feel how he feels about that. He's, and so is Kevin. And I didn't really – I've been through too much with him. Like, he's helped me. He's helped, I've watched that guy win three championships with us. Like, he's – I can't get upset about. I just won't. Maybe you guys would, and, and maybe you, and that's your prerogative. But him and Kevin, like I don't, the good they've done for me and, and our franchise way outweighs anything like that. And I don't try to. When people feel a certain way about something, they can feel a certain way, yeah. you know. And I know who they'll. I like those guys, and if I call them, they'll pick up the phone. We'll go to dinner. Like it's not. It's not. I know how you guys are. You probably see it a little differently. Some of the stuff that people say is. Um, they don't know what's behind it. You understand? Like, they don't know the relationships that live behind that stuff. They just see what's said and say, well, that's what it is. But that's the hard part about being in media, right? I mean, not, not, I think you guys know this, but when you work in the business, there's real relationships that exist beyond kind of what was said on a podcast or not. That's my, that's my view of it. The Bulls beat the Cavs in preseason game on the 10th of October. And um, a really, really great finish to the game. These preseason games, for me, as a basketball fan, I'm watching like a half, pretty much. And I see the box score after the game because I got to get ready for the the real thing. But just to see the starters out there for about a half is interesting. Some go into the third quarter as we get closer to the season. And it's really about cohesiveness, right, for any team. You want to have your starters out there as much as possible through the first Two quarters, maybe three, to get yourself ready for the uh, getting ready for the season. So uh, I just find it really fascinating watching some of these games. Again, just a few quarters here and there. Uh, Billy Donovan spoke after the Bulls win against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Just to give you a flavor of what Donovan has on his mind. The reserves you guys have, and you guys are scrimmaging and practicing. How good of a run do you think they give the starters as far as the physicality department, as far as kind of have, giving them a feel of what it's going to be like playing other teams? And, and, and. Well, I think the one the one uh, spot here of late in practice, when we have practice, where Vooch is not necessarily playing against size because Tony's been out of practice, right? right? We use an Alizé and he's undersized, but he plays with a great motor. I would say that our guys are getting a great look physically. Like our second unit, if they're going against – Lonzo and Zach and DeMar and Javante and Vooch, like they're, they're getting a realistic physical look like Alizé, Stanley, Io, like those are some competitive, tough, hard-nosed guys. And, you know, it was good. Like they, they, there's been times in practice where 
you know, that, that, that second unit's really done a great job holding their own just by tough work scrapping. And I think for a guy like Alize, I got like great respect for him because, you know, he's in there with Taco Fall battling his, his yeah. tail off and he's in there against, um, you know, Mobley and, and, and Jared Allen. And also has this guy come down with rebounds. He's just got like a tenacious, tenacious attitude about him. So we have that in practice. So I do think that from a physical standpoint, we're getting good enough looks. The only thing is I think is that Vooch maybe hasn't gone against a level of size with Tony being out. Good. Okay. You guys are up, I guess. No one's got any questions, I don't think. Yeah, I got one. Oh, raise okay. hand. I forgot about that one. This is KC. Sorry about the no raise hand feature. Billy, it's KC. What's up? Um, How are you, KC? Good. You mentioned Al. Yeah. Actual I mean, rebounding? Yeah, you have to account for him. You have to account for him. He's just so aggressive. He's a quick jumper. Um, he does a lot of really the, – the things that you see him doing in these games, he's doing, you know, in practice. Um you know, Io's a competitive guy. Dotson's a competitive guy. Alizé's competitive. You know, Troy, when he's out there, is competitive. Stanley's competitive. You know, Matt works. So, you know, that that group, I thought, certainly walked into a situation there with whatever time is remaining where we didn't really have a great uh, – when those when the starters kind of came out, it wasn't, <laughs> wasn't a great run for those guys in terms of what they left that group. And that group got down and, you know, battled and found a way to get back in the game. If 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 Alizé is going to get rotational minutes, can they come at the backup center, backup five, or are the size concerns just too great that you, you're leaning Bradley that that way? No, I don't worry about it with him because the one thing about Alizé, if you look at him, he's rebounded at every level he's been at, whether it's been high school, college, and now the NBA. So that's just what he's going to do. Now, the rim protection, you don't get that, but you get other things. Um, I have not, you know, in these first three preseason games, I have not um, – Notice that we've really have gotten hurt with his size. There may be times where where we do. Um, that's hopefully get you know Tony back healthy if we do need some size. But he's in there and he battles and fights and holds his own around the basket against anybody. And I mean, thank you, saw him today. He's you know standing in the lane with a lot of big guys. I mean, Cleveland's big across the front line. And he's in there still coming down with rebounds and incredibly active. Thanks, Billy. Yep. All right, we thank you for listening to the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Put some money down and get ready for the NBA season. And by Manscaped, manscaped.com. I heard Andre Snelly's laughing, but it's true, man. If you are someone that needs some help down there, you know what you're grooming. Check out manscaped.com, promo code HOOD, as you can get 20% off of the purchase. I appreciate your support on this podcast, and we've got sponsors now with Manscaped and DraftKings. Support the people that support us, manscaped.com and also DraftKings. I'm Jonathan Hood. Thanks for listening. And if you are a basketball fan, remember, basketball is hood. You come to the right place on the Cap and J Hood podcast feed as well as on Spotify. The Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We'll have another podcast soon.